Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa Cummins, and thank you for joining me today. So I hope you have your tea and your snacks. And um, we are doing our second mythology episode. So thank you to everybody who voted. Um, the category that won was Greek gods and goddesses. And so we sat down and, and like, I have my favorite Greek god. And that's a lie. I have my favorite Greek goddess. <laughs> I don't really have a favorite Greek god. I just find a lot of them to be odd. Uh, Zeus had a problem with his kids trying to overthrow him. Kronos did the same thing with a C. And there's Kronos with a K. It's just a weird relationship. About trying to eat your kids, essentially, is what happens in mythology, in, in Greek mythology. So, I've always been a little, you know, wary of the Greek gods. Um, but in deciding who I was going to do, I picked Apollo. Because I don't really know that much about Apollo. I mean, I know that he's revered as the god of the sun. But I don't really know anything else about him at all. And um, this helped me learn tons more. <laughs> So I hope that you like this episode. We're going to get into a promo and then we'll get into the episode. So I will see you in a couple minutes. Hey guys, I'm Sarah and I'm Stephanie and we're the hosts of Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories with a Z is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts, hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky and all around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Does it sum up 12? The Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at five, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, five. No, 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 seven. He was like, thank you, five. <laughs> fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, 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 want, this? you want this? Come well, and get Welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. And we're back. So I would just like to let you guys know that I, I really, really love you. And the reason why I say this is because whenever I do an episode where I have to list off facts or assumed facts about a person or place or thing, I make an outline. And when it comes to mythology, that means there's names in here that I don't know how to say. And the amount of names that are in this particular outline is a lot. <laughs> so I, I'll write down the name and then I will go and I'll Google the pronunciation, the best one that I can find. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. First off, I don't know Greek. Second off, um, some of these, when I heard the pronunciation, I was like, there's no way. But that was all I could find. So that's what we're going to go with. I apologize to anyone who knows how to say these terms. Um, but yeah, just know that I put a lot of time and effort into researching how to freaking say like 12 names <laughs> but to get into the story um begin with our sources are wikipedia and greek gods and goddesses now i know how people feel about wikipedia they think it sucks i get it that's fine but i do appreciate the fact that they have tons of re uh, reference articles underneath about each point that they're making and in all honesty when it came to this particular subject 
the things that were said on Wikipedia were basically the same things that were said in every other tab and article that I had open. So I think it kind of did a good job on this one, to be honest with you. So Apollo is the son of Zeus and Leto and the brother of Artemis. He's actually the younger brother. Artemis was born first, which I did not know. But it is agreed upon by all sources that apparently Artemis was born first. So Hera, Zeus's wife, who this is not the first time, the second time, the third time, the 50th time, or the 100th time that he has cheated on her and gotten another girl pregnant. Uh, the Greek gods and goddesses are not typically known. Well, that's a lie. The Greek gods are not typically known for um, monogamy. So it happens all the time. So she, she got mad. But instead of getting mad at her husband, Zeus, she got mad at Leto. And she banned Leto from, quote unquote, giving birth on the earth beneath the gods' feet. So, meaning anything that was a land mass that was, you know, part of the earth, she couldn't give birth on. So, Leto kept going to, like, different places, and she was shunned. They were like, nope, can't give birth here. We don't want the wrath of Hera. Like, come on, man. Don't take it out on Leto. Leto didn't mean anything. And it's not like she could, like, refuse Zeus. We all saw how many people attempted to refuse Zeus, and it never worked. So Hera, you know, give, give her a little bit of a break. But Hera did not. Instead, Hera also kidnapped Elithia, the goddess of childbirth, to prevent Leto from going into labor. Let me just set the stage for you here. So you get pregnant, and you find out that you're pregnant with twins. It's a wonderful, loving time. You are pregnant with a god's child. Holy hell, that's amazing. And then you find out that his wife has banned you not only from giving birth in certain places and made it hell for you to try to, to do so, but to also prevent you from going into labor, which means that you now just have to carry these children for the rest of your outstanding life in your stomach, never seeing them, never even being able to speak with them, never anything. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have a favorite Greek god at all i i have some favorite greek goddesses but i'll tell you one thing Hera's not one of them she's nope she's not and and reasons like this is why so leto eventually found delos uh it was said that apollo told leto that Dios would end her suffering and so she gave birth there while clinging to a palm tree now there's a little bit of confusion because the whole story is sort of confusing but i'm going to try to like lay it out as plainly and simple as possible so, since Artemis was born before Apollo, people don't really know as far as literature goes and things like that, like that in history and, you know, ancient lore, whether she helped during Apollo's birth, like assisted her mother, or if she assisted her mother in crossing the sea to Delos. Now, one of the things that I always really wonder is, um, to me, yes, she's god or goddess, but, um... There's still, like, a baby. Like, does the baby, like, help you walk on water to the island? Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying that, like, I'm trying to, like, paint this picture in my mind and nothing's really working. Like, how did she assist? How did she do this? And this, these are the parts of the article in which I really wanted to, like, bring Artemis in. And then I was like, this is going to take too long if I do this. It's going to go on for a while. You guys are going to kill me and get bored. So we kept Artemis out. But I, I, that doesn't make that much sense to me. It does, I, I find it more believable, the second part, which was told that 
Apollo, one of his many powers, was that he was able, as Zeus's favorite son, to have direct access to his mind. And it would make sense to me that Zeus would be like, hey, listen up, son, I'm going to love you, but I need your mom to give birth to you. So could you, like, I don't know, let her know that this island will help her out? Thanks. And then, like, Leto would just get the sense that she needs to go to Delos. And that would be that. So let's let's say that somewhere in between the three stories of Artemis assisting her mother during childbirth, Artemis helping her mother cross the sea, and Apollo somehow getting a FYI from Zeus while still in the womb that um, if his mother goes to Delos, she'll be fine. Somewhere in there is the truth of the whole matter. So Apollo was actually born on the seventh day of... Thargelion, which is essentially between May or June, based on the Delian traditions. So think about Gemini, like I happen to be a Gemini. So the whole twin thought process and, you know, it being between May and June, I think that has a huge reference on the births of Apollo and Artemis. Because of this, though, and because he was born on the seventh day of, of Thargelion, um... The 7th and 20th days were sacred to him, being the days of the new and full moon. Which, that kind of, that's kind of messed up. Because I didn't get into his powers yet, and I did that on purpose. But typically he's thought of to be the god of the sun. Or essentially the god of light. And Artemis is then, as his twin, thought of to be the goddess of the moon. So if she's the goddess of the moon, why were the new and full moons dedicated to him? Why not dedicate perhaps the rise and the setting of the sun? I mean, those were already dedicated to other gods and goddesses too, but it didn't stop the Greek gods or and or humans from taking those titles away from them and putting it to somebody else. So, I mean, you could have just given over that and like left the moon to Artemis alone. But I don't know. That just, when I read that, that just didn't make any sense to me. But alas, it's part of the lore. So he was born holding a golden sword. I swear to God, this stuff doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just stuck. I'm so stuck on when they were born. Like, were they in adult form? Because, so here's, so before you guys think I'm nuts, here's why I'm so stuck on this. If you think about or know about at all, the legend of how Athena was born. She was born because Zeus had a giant headache. He had a headache because he ate his wife. Well, no, sorry. He ate his lover. And he ate his lover because he'd had a prophecy that the child she would give birth to would be able to overthrow Zeus. And Zeus was like, oh, I don't think so. Like, we've already seen that prophecy come through. I was a child. I don't need another one. I'm good right here where I am. I don't want you to give birth. So then he ate her because that's a normal thing to do. And then he got a huge headache. Somebody hit him in the head with a hammer, cracked over his skull, and then Athena jumped out. When she jumped out, she was a full adult woman. That is the lore. And in the lore, it talks about how surprised everyone was. Which, I mean, yes, you're surprised that he's a guy and he gave birth to a, um, anything. And it came from his head. That's very weird. So there's a surprise there, but it seems like there was also the surprise of her jumping out and being an adult. So I don't completely understand why in these texts, when Apollo was born, he had a golden sword. 
I don't think it was a baby he had it. That means he that means he should have been born essentially the same way Athena was. Popped out, full adult. But then in later texts, he's referenced to as a child. So I wonder, does that mean a childlike or a young child mentality in an adult body? Or does that mean that he was truly a child? He was small. He was little. I've never really thought that it could be that he was like literally a child. But I don't know, for me, like that's important to sort of figure out. I don't know, that's a huge thing that I've been pondering this whole time when I'm when I wrote all of this down and when I read it and when I'm saying it now to you guys. But I digress. <laughs> um, so he apparently was born holding a golden sword, and they said that swans circled Helios seven times and nymphs sang because Yoohoo, he's out. Leto was unable to feed Apollo, so Themis, goddess of divine law, fed him nectar and ambrosia. And after this, he declared that he would be the, the god of the lyre and archery and interpret Zeus's will to mankind. This is actually very close to a story that happened with Zeus. When he was born, he was hidden. He was given to a nymph named Melissa. This is the only reason why I know the story, because um, in school, we were asked to find out the origins of our name. And this was the story of the name Melissa. And it was given to the nymph who took care of Zeus. She gave him honey from bees and ambrosia. So I find that very interesting and very like similar to this story and how it makes like that makes sense to me that all of a sudden he'd be like, oh, hey, look, wait, I know what I'm going to do with my life now. Because if he is so close to Zeus and he just kind of went through these same sort of situations that Zeus did as a child, it kind of shows that bond being cemented. Zeus then secured the island of Helos to the earth, and then the island later became sacred to Apollo. So he actually, when he was originally worshipped, this was somewhere around 8th century BCE. Now, to get into his powers, which are way more than I had ever really realized he had, he's known to be the god of music, truth, prophecy, healing, sun, light, plague, Poetry, archery. He is also the patron god of Delphi. More on that later. So that means that he's kind of like a seer to oracles, like a like a kind of like the whispering voice in the oracle's ear to let them know what to do. He's thought of to be the inventor of string music and the lyre, which was actually created by Hermes and given to him as a gift. He's seen to be the protector of youth. He's thought of to guide children into adulthood through good health and education. He's the god of founding new towns and colonization, including the laws which doctrine those towns and cities. And his oracles actually would be consulted before any new laws were created. He's the god of warding off evil and also the god of foreigners. So in Greece, Apollo was kind of looked at as all the gods in one. And so over time, he kind of got these different functions from different gods. So I think that in my mind, when it comes to mythology, it looks like every so often the stories were that the older gods would die off some horrible way and then a new god would take place. And I think that if Zeus was actually to die off, I don't think Athena would be allowed to take place. I think it would actually be Apollo. Like, I think he's kind of like groomed in these stories to be that that new leader of the gods. So he became known as a healer god due to Pian who was known as a physician to the gods in the Iliad. So Pan used 
prophetic art in the same way that Apollo did with his oracles, and that sort of tied them together. And in the Iliad, Apollo is also discussed as the bringer of disease and death due to his arrows. So the thought process being, if you can bring disease and death, you can take it away. Um, and similarly, because they're saying that, oh, like Pian in this, in this story, he healed people, but he did it in such an interesting way that was almost exactly like Apollo. Maybe they're the same person. So that's how they were connected together. Homer had lots of things to say about Apollo because Pian is also songs. Like that's also like a song and there are songs about triumph. So these same songs were attributed to Apollo Dionysus and Apollo's son Asclepius. And these, these Pians, they were, while there were songs about triumph, they were also used to ward off disease and misfortune. And in doing this, Apollo became known as the god of music. So that's where the lyre and string instruments come in. And this all sort of, this kind of like revelation of things that he did happened around the 4th century BC. The Dorians celebrated with a festival called Apili, which is a three-day Greek family festival held in the month of Apilios. In Homer, Apollo is seen as a northern intruder that arrived somewhere during the Dark Ages after the destruction of the Mycenaean civilization. And during this time, Apollo slays the giant serpent Python. So the story about why he decided to slay this giant serpent, there's two different versions. The first one is he decided to slay the serpent. Wow, see that five times fast. I tried and I failed every single time. <laughs> And this is why we can never do a live episode. <laughs> um, when Hera found out that Zeus impregnated Leo, she sent Python to kill her. Leto escaped by just running away. But Apollo was like, uh-uh, I don't think so, and vowed revenge. Again, I don't understand why they don't put revenge on the person who created the thing. Like, Python was fine. Python was having a great old time. And the hero's like, hey, you have to do this. And he's like, ah, man. And so, <laughs> alas, Python chased Leto. He chased Python down to Gaia's temple at Delphi and killed her there. Which, in every single story, whatever you do, you do not do it in another god or goddess's temple. When you do that, things happen. They get pissed. Wars ensue. Just don't do it. Python, additionally, was Gaia's daughter, so that's even more of a problem. As penance to Gaia, Zeus told Apollo he would need to cleanse himself through the act of killing Python Gaia's temple, and created the Pythonian Games, of which Apollo had to preside over. So, hey, that's not really that much of a huge punishment, to be honest, for killing, I mean, because Gaia is Apollo's great-grandmother, and he killed her daughter. Like, homie, you, you, got, you need to chill with your vengeance. You really do. So in the second version, which I honestly believe a lot more, Apollo was actually cheered for killing Python by the nymphs who brought him gifts, which this makes sense because remember when he was born, nymphs were singing. They were excited that he was around. And um, a lot of the people he had children with were nymphs and muses. So that kind of makes sense to me that somehow, you know, there would be involved. Apollo then began to issue prophecies because, you know, now he is the holder of the shrine of Delphi in his mind anyway, because he just killed a snake there. So, oh, nobody's going to take him down from the throne or from the high. 
And guys, like, I don't freaking think so. No, that is not how we conduct business. You do not walk in my temple and kill my daughter and then think that you're just going to overrun my temple. Uh Uh-uh, I don't think so. You need to learn your place, dude. So she decided to send prophetic dreams at night to humans so that they would stop coming to Apollo to ask for advice. So Zeus, pissed off about this, and unfortunately being king of the gods, that means the guy had to listen to him as much as that worked. He decided that all divination practices were inferior to this. And there was this line in the story that made me laugh because it basically said that Athena was learning divination through rocks and pebbles. And when she found this out, she literally just threw him. She was just like, fuck it. <laughs> she just, she's like, fuck this shit. I'm so tired of these people. <laughs> because Apollo had committed a murder, though, Gaia was like, okay, there has to be some sort of punishment. There has to be. Like, I'm not going to stand for this. So she said he needed to go to Tartarus, which every fucking god and goddess gets sent down there, I swear. And Zeus was like, no. But he did agree to exile him from Olympus. Um, Which, based on, like, the relationship that they seem to have, where, like, they're really close, Zeus really, really loves, and takes a lot of, of favor to Apollo, I don't really feel like that was, like, the easiest thing for them to come to agreements on. But I also don't think that any of the gods decided to back down on the issue. And that's why it actually happened. If not, I don't think it would have happened. So after this, Apollo served as a slave for nine years. And then in order to kind of cleanse himself, he had to bathe at the Val of Tempe in the waters of Peneus. And Zeus was the person who performed the ritual on him. And then he was escorted by Athena to Delphi. And Gaia actually handed him over to the shrine of Delphi. So he still got what he wanted. Uh, She just made sure he was tortured a little bit first. Apollo was then told to establish new laws in Delphi. But instead, he was like, eh, no, I don't feel like it. And he then went to Hyperborea for a year. When he came back, though, he was allowed to go to Olympus and sit at the right side of his father. He was given a ton of gold stuff, a gold sword, a gold this, a gold whatever, blah, 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 a gold chariot. And um, the land of Delphi. So he actually got rewarded for being a jerk at the end of it. Kind of going back to Homer for a second. Cretan priests believe Apollo to be the sea god. And that he carried priests to Delphi. Because there's a lore that the priestesses of Delphi were actually frenzied. And then when Apollo was younger, he had built an altar in Delos. Using the leftover bones or fragments from animals Artemis had hunted. And this is how he became known as the god of founding new cities. So this is why he, why he got that title at all. And then to explain sort of his oracle origin story, for lack of a better term, the three eye is actually the entities that trained Apollo on how to use his prophetic skills. So that's where he kind of got that from. And then I think he was inspired when he was younger, to be a voice for the oracles by Themis. And then he just, you know, took the stuff from Gaia Delphi. Some of his relationships, um, he has a ton of children, but I just decided to go over a couple of the ones that I found the most interesting. So we've talked about Asclepius already, the Corybants, and they actually are children of Apollo and Thalia, the goddess of comedy and poetry. 
and they're armed dancers worshipped by the Phrygian goddess Sibylle. And then there's also Hymenius, which is the god of marriage and ceremonies. So one of the stories that I just decided to include at the very end of this, just because I thought it was interesting when I read it, I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> but um, one of the people that Apollo was with, Cornosus, she was pregnant with Asclepius, one of Apollo's kids, but she then fell in love with Ischis and slept with him. A white crow told Apollo about this and that she was unfaithful to him. And he, in his rage over the whole thing, burned the feathers of the crow. You know, that whole saying, don't kill the messenger. He, he killed the messenger. And that is the thought process of why a crow's feathers are black. Because he burned them. And ever since then, apparently all crow's feathers are black. To finish up the story, though, and this is where it gets a little gruesome. Apollo asked his sister Artemis to kill Cronosus, and she did, but not before Apollo rescued the baby by cutting her open and giving the child to Chiron, one of the wisest of the centaurs, to raise. So, yeah. But I hope you liked it. So, I'm trying to think about, like, what business do we have to talk about? I don't think we have any. Just, you know, send in your stories to thehauntedride.com, um, or email them to thehauntedride at gmail.com. Um, you know, we have Patreon, The Haunted Ride. If you want to support the podcast, you can do it on Anchor. You can do it by just listening on Radio Public. That's actually the audio player that I use when I post the episodes on the website. So if you just listen from the website, like, you're helping me out. Um, Himalaya has a tip jar. I'm trying to think of everything. Also, if you have an Alexa and you ever just want to listen to the podcast... Just be like, hey, Alexa, I want to listen to The Haunted Ride. We've been on there forever, but I never really thought anyone would want to, like, listen to us. I, I guess in my mind, like, I always think no one wants to listen to us in, in their house. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why, but I always think that. But there are apparently some people who do. So I just thought, you know, hey, I'll let you guys know there's that option if you want. We're literally, like, everywhere. We're even on iHeartMedia. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. And um, subscribe, write a review if you can. We have the Facebook group. If you like the if you like the Haunted Ride on Facebook, you'll see the group there. But it's also called like Haunted Ride Pod or Haunted Ride Squad. I'm sorry, is what it's called on um, Facebook. And you can join it. Anyone can join it. That's all I can think about, really. We are gonna do kind of like a fun little episode for our thirtieth. Now I don't count the mythology episodes at all, so. Like, this is going to be mythology episode number two. So for episode 30, we're going to do something about superstitions. And it's going to be the history of different superstitions and whether it's something that, like, like my history and, like, my knowledge with that superstition, too. So it's going to just be, like, a fun little thing. I just wanted to do something special because this podcast means a lot to me. Like, it's really changed my life. And I love doing it. I it's never something I ever thought I would like doing. It's made me more comfortable talking in front of large groups of people because I tend to I tend to be kind of like a wallflower and and I like being that and I still am. And I'm really charismatic if I'm talking to one person. But when it's like groups of people, I typically get a little nervous because I don't like to be in the spotlight. But this helps me feel like it helps me be able to find like that comfort place inside of me. So this podcast has really helped out a lot. It's helped me a lot. And I 
wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys listening. So thank you. The thing I've learned this week is just listen to your body. Like, listen to your body. Just, if you're tired, go to bed. If you're hungry, go get something to eat. If you're working and you need to, like, go use the bathroom, go use the bathroom. I know that's a weird example. But I know so many people who they won't get up. They will just sit there and they'll wait and wait and wait. And I tell them all the time and I'm like, dude, you realize you're just hurting yourself, right? If your body needs something, go do it. Just, I I never really realized how much I do. Like, I never really realized how much I do. And then I was talking to my buddy, Jennifer from Haunted Happenstance. She's a sweetheart. But we were talking on Monday and I sat down and I was like, holy crap. I do a lot. I'm trying a lot of new things. All of which are taking a lot of my time. And I kept coming back to this place where I felt like I wasn't ever getting anything done. Because I was like, okay, well, yeah, I got this one thing done, but now I have five other things I need to do. Or I thought I would get this one thing done, but it took three extra days than what I had scheduled out for it and planned. And so I ended up starting using a, a time tracker so I can manage my time better. And one of the what, what makes me laugh to myself, one of the biggest, most beautiful things I did was I said from such and such a time to such and such a time, I'm not going to do shit. And that's really weird for me because I don't know how to do that. Normally I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. I have to do the other. Okay, so let me get started. Let me get started so that these things don't stay on my brain. But sometimes like you need to like you need to rest and you need to relax and you need to like listen to your body. And if you're not in it right now and you're not ready, then don't do it. Don't push yourself to do something you're not ready to do. Listen to yourself, listen to how you feel, and listen to your body. And when you're ready, you'll do it. And that's okay. Like, that is more than okay. So, that is all I've got for you guys today. Um, like I said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, just, you know, take care, stay safe, love yourselves and love others. Have a good day or night, wherever you may be. And as we always like to say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. Mm-hmm.